0: She's all that this is the she's all that video podcast conversations with women doing awesome shit i'm your host september smith and in this season it's all about the transformation that women are making in the aftermath of the midlife bomb as i call it those unforeseen events illness loss a career termination a battle an awakening a transformation Events that are lobbed into our lives like a grenade, detonating the life that we've been living for decades and making it impossible to ever go back. When this happens, we are left to dust ourselves off, figure it out and find our own way forward. While the lens of popular culture is often on the tragedy and the trauma and the injury and damage that it inflicts, I want to celebrate women who were only made stronger by what they experienced. We need to hear those stories to know that building that new life, that new incarnation from the pieces of what was, is not just possible, it may be the best thing you'll ever do. She's Today, I'm talking with Zandra Evans, who is a businesswoman, best-selling author, and the founder of Zandra TV Network, a multiple international award-winning TV network with a global reach of 500 million viewers and users. And she's also the executive producer of many shows, found on this Dallas-based network. Literally, Zandra is all that. This is just the current incarnation of Ms. Evans, and today she's going to tell us the story of how that came to be. Zandra, welcome, and thanks so much for being here with me.
1: Oh, September, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I can't wait to get into your story, what you're doing now and everything that got you to where you are. You've not always been a TV producer and media maven, but tell me about this this new, this latest chapter, tell me a little bit about Zondra TV and what you've built in the five years since this chapter started.
1: Yeah. You know, September, I don't think that I actually, um, this was not, you know, defined in my exit strategy. I I kind of fell into this, God said, and I said, yes, um, to the calling. Um, you know, media is one of the seven mounts of influence. And I said yes to being a leader in media uh, to really help form, shape and craft uh, the journey of a small business entrepreneur. So it's all about making sure small business um, actually has, you know, all the assets and resources that they need in order to be effective in business and marketing and advertisement is key. More importantly, digital marketing and advertisement.
0: So it's not, Zondra TV Network is not just producing content for people to watch. You also work with small business owners.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you know, we got a couple of tracks of business. So you know, the, my main track of business uh, is that I work one to one with uh, small business entrepreneurs. We are full service digital marketing and advertisement firm. But what makes us different is that we own TV, um, a TV network, and we own TV distribution. So I don't have to pitch you t- to be on TV. I can guarantee you that you'll be on TV. I don't have to pitch you to a magazine, I can guarantee that I can place you in a magazine. And so because we have the ability um, to, to, you know, place people on TV, it gives us the ability to really help a small business not only be interviewed on TV, but have a small business commercial. You can have a commercial on TV that's playing on Amazon, Roku, Apple, and guess what? And Hulu too. So just really excited about what we're able to do.
0: That is just Amazing. That's, that's mind blowing, <laughs> but you didn't start out in media. Where did you get your start? What was your corporate background, your professional background? And, and well, I guess we'll get to that. What was the event that flipped you over? Yeah. Into Zandra TV.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm a, I'm a corporate vet. I, you know, I, I worked in corporate for, you know, 40 years and um, I got the golden handshake and decided Uh, I'd shake their hand back and I would hire myself. So, golden handshake is you know I got laid off from a job that I'd never gotten laid off in 40 years I'd never lost a job I'd never been on put on a list and I got put on the list and I you know I it was crazy because I was hopping and skipping through the halls grinning and everybody around me that also got a you know a, the boot and the golden handshake they it wasn't golden for them they were crying and sobbing and I was I found myself handing out tissues I was like this is too much for me but then I had to say, Zondra, what's wrong with you? And so when I really looked at it, it's simply because I had an exit strategy. And so I blew the dust off of it and started to implement um, my strategy. It wasn't TV, it was to, you know, certify coach. So I wanted to coach uh, women on how to earn that, you know, seat at the leadership table.
0: So unlike all the other people that were in the hall needing tissues yeah. that day, you saw it coming. You had the foresight, you were putting things in place and you had, as you said, your exit strategy in place. Where
1: did that come from? September, listen. Now, I don't know that I, I knew it was coming. Now, I would not tell you that, but what I will tell you is that if you're in a corporate position today, there are two things that you can bank on will happen during the course of your career. You're either gonna get the golden handshake that they actually uh, initiate or you're going to give the golden handshake that you initiate. And that basically means either you're going to lose a job or either you're going to walk away from a job. There, Nothing is forever, forever lasting that you think that it never will happen. But what I encourage people to do that in your good times, when you're making those six-figure incomes and making that money, develop your exit strategy in good times because you'll have more opportunities available to you to think about what do you really want to do if one of y'all pulls the trigger because somebody going to pull the trigger sooner or later.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's just brilliant. <laughs> and I mean, it just makes so much sense. I mean, particularly for uh, a very under uh, discussed Situation is the fact that women over the age of 50, particularly if they're professionals and making good money, quite often end up being yeah. slid out of their position. And if you don't have this yeah. exit strategy, and this 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 attitude of like like you said, somebody's going to pull the trigger, and it better be me.
1: Yeah, I'd rather be the one pulling the trigger, but, but, but here's the thing, even if the trigger get pulled, put, gets pulled on you, if you have that solid exit strategy, yeah. you still feel in control. And that's the thing you want to be in control. You want to control your destiny. You want to decide where is it that I would like to go? What would I like to do? What is going to fill my cup? And so I knew what was going to fill my cup. And that was to pour into women differentially. And so my, that's what I did when I first left corporate. But then this TV thing happened that allows me to pour out in the, you know, to millions versus you know, one to one or maybe one to, you know, 50. So,
0: okay. I, I want to definitely come back to the, the this television thing and pouring into millions. <laughs> um, a lot of people have, as you and I both, there's the employee mentality and there's the entrepreneurial mentality. When people are employed, particularly for 40 years, you said, quite often that's their identity. I'm an employee and this is what I do and I will remain that. Have you always had that kind of entrepreneurial mindset and streak through you even though you were employed?
1: Uh, I'm asked that so many times. And, and so the answer is yes. Even though I was a loyal employee for 40 years, I only worked at two companies. So, you know, I'm extremely loyal. <laughs> I, I always had a side hustle. You know, I was always that person that had a, something else that I was doing um, that was entrepreneurial. So I think I feel like I've been an entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneur, excuse me, most of my life, even being in corporate, because I have designed even in corporate, so some roles for myself that didn't exist that allowed me to feel that entrepreneurial spirit, even in, within a corporate environment. I think you can do that, but you got to be clear about who you are and why you're here. So I've always had that, you know, some kind of side hustle. But when I really look at my DNA, my history, you know, who I am, my genealogy, if you want to look at it, you know, I have entrepreneurs in my family and I I didn't realize, you know, that my my great grandmother, as an example, um, I owned a company store and you know, bought land. And so she was an entrepreneur in every way. And I think that I, so that's in my DNA and then I could think of all, you know, other people in my family. So I think that's part of who I am.
0: So what were you doing or what skill sets were you using and developing over those 40 years that kind of fed into and paved the way for what you have now created or was, was there like a natural flow? (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know what? I think leadership is universal. And so to me, uh, you know, people want to be treated with respect and appreciation and honored. And I guess I, I, all of the 40 years in corporate, I, you know, and I have various different jobs, but one of the things that I always, um, you know, kind of taught other leaders is that most people, you know, probably about 98% of the people that come to a job every day don't come to do a bad job. They actually don't come saying, I'm going to take a shower, use soap, you know, drive in traffic, do what I do, and then get there just to do a bad job. I really Mm -hmm. don't believe that. (laughs) But what I do believe is that we as leaders need to learn how to meet people where they are and what I call sweet spot leadership. Learn how to be a sweet spot leadership and it'll change your life.
0: Now you had that, you were doing that prior to moving into your venture. Yeah. How does that show up now in Zandra TV and all the work you do with small businesses?
1: I don't know. When I think about, uh, you know, small businesses, I get to coach a lot and I really help people see their sweet spot. Um, even when you interview on my show, I interview you about your sweet spot—not just about your business, but your sweet spot of. Because I think when you tap into that, there's a passion that comes okay. forth that doesn't come forth when you just kind of like talk about oh I'm the business owner of so and so. But if I really talk about your sweet spot, you seem to light up. And mm-hmm. so that's my goal is to share people's sweet spot of leadership and how that is playing out in their business.
0: Now, is that something when you're working with them that they already knew and you're helping them develop it and amplify it? Or is this a whole discovery?
1: You know, I think part of it is a discovery because I, you know, I think that we all know kind of our sweet spot, but, you know, I think we struggle with, you know, how, how much money is that going to make? How will I pay for my, you know, rent? How will I will, you know provide for my family? And those are the things that you don't need to think about. What you need to think about is who you are and why you're here. What is that sweet spot for you? And then it will come on how you can monetize that sweet spot. And I think that I find that most people that are really successful in their business really understands their sweet spot.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, if you're really going to flourish, you've got to be doing what you love and what you just in flow doing.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you said when you first left corporate post-Golden Handshake and you were getting started, you already knew you wanted to be coaching. Oh God, Yes. so yes. first of all, first of all, why? And then, and then like, how did not everybody becomes a coach ends up with a TV network. So
1: I, I know, right. It's just so crazy. I knew I wanted to be a coach, but here's the thing. I, I feel like I was ingenious. when I was in corporate, um, I knew that I wanted to be a coach. I had Mm -hmm. been coaching for years when it wasn't even called coaching. It was called mentoring. Uh, So, you know, I'm dating myself. That's how far back I've been coaching. When I used to work for uh, Intel, by the Mm -hmm. way, Um, I would walk in the building and I'd have my little roller briefcase and I'd have women coming up to me going, I want to be like you. And I would tell them, no, you don't. You want to be like you, but I can help you to tap into your greatness so that you could be you because when you understand that you're going to soar as well. So I was mentoring years ago, but I finally interrupt
0: you. Question: Usually when there's that woman coming sauntering into her amazing corporate job with her roller briefcase, She's not about to share the spotlight, nor her wisdom, nor any of the power. Where did that generosity come from that you wanted to not only share it, but also to help them identify their sweet spot?
1: You know, I guess I've been uh, working on, you know, legacy type work all my life. I just have a core belief that there's enough out here for everybody. And in my opinion, there is nothing better in life uh, than for me to share and to help you tap into your greatness so yeah. that you could live the life that I know you deserve. That's important to me. I, I want to leave something behind. I want people to say, you know, I remember something that Zandra Evans taught me um, that helped me to be able to propel to the next level. That, yeah. that that's what life is about. It's, it's an like finding for everybody. We all can be leaders. We all exactly. can be at the corporate table. And it's it a lot of corporate away. tables out here. And just, by, yeah, something.
0: and by sharing that, yeah, you're just increasing the energetic volume of yeah. things. Yeah, you know, it's not taken away from you. Yeah, but that that's a very rare outlook.
1: <laughs> so you well, took that I, into coaching. I took it into coaching, and so you. But but here's the thing: I got the company to pay for it in good oh, times. What? What? In Come good me. times. In yeah. good times. So. Their employees were coming up to me going, I want to be coached by you. And I was like, sure, because that'll count one day for coaching hours. And I started, you know, just keeping track of the hours and the people that were coming and they were coming on a regular basis. And so I was carving out time out of my corporate job to coach these people in their environment. And I wasn't really being paid to do that. Right. Um, but when it was time, I went to them and said, I think that it would really, really be beneficial. I've never asked for anything much, but I would love for you to pay for me to get a coaching certification. And, um, they had me write a little. It felt like a thesis. They had me write, you know, the the capability statement and why this is important. And guess what? And I attached all the hours that I've been doing on my own right. um, coaching their people. And so uh, I won that fight, and and they paid for me to get my coaching certification, which is just kind of continuing education. And mm-hmm. and so one of the things that that taught me is that. You could be working for a company and you could have a development plan, but if 15%, 10 to 15% of that development plan isn't focused on just what you want to do in order to improve you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. It can't just be focused on the goals of the company because after all, the most valuable asset and the true resource is you. Mm -hmm. You are the commodity. Mm -hmm. Therefore, investing in that differentially for you is important.
0: But that is such an alien mindset to most people who are employees. I, I, I just work for the company. It's almost like the company is their identity.
1: Well, I, you know, and I think that there's a need that separates the two. You know, your identity is your identity with or without a company, with or without a business. And that really is the most important thing that you need to deliver to the universe. And so when you really understand who you are and why you're here, you understand that no company hired you um, because you were not an asset. They hired you because you were the asset and they needed your intellectual knowledge in order to take them to the next level. Now, who has the power?
0: At what point in your life did that, that, that knowledge flip on because that is actually such a rare, like, where did you learn that?
1: You know, I don't know that I learned it. I think that, you know, being a motivational speaker, first of all, you know, you you hear a lot of people, you research on a lot of people, you you know, think about things. I have a lot of thoughts um, that come across my mind. I thank God because he gives me a very unique way to be able to present those thoughts. Um, so so I just think it came about probably about 15 years ago that I just was like, wait a minute, <laughs> we got this thing all backwards, the, you know. I'm the value here. I, I, if, if all the employees left at one time, the company would go out of business. What Absolutely. does that tell you? Yeah, that tells you that you're the most valuable asset. Yeah, the
0: the very fact that you were conscious of that is is was not only amazing, <laughs> but it was also a good thing because otherwise Zandra TV would not exist. So you you get started with with this amazing mindset, working with people that you've already had yeah. years and years of experience coaching. Yeah. Where did the whole TV thing show up? And how did you know that that's the path you wanted to, or that you wanted to follow or should follow?
1: You know, the the TV thing was never like, oh, I'm going to be a talk show host. And by the way, and I'm a home-owned TV network. It was nothing like that September. It really was um, the power of investing in you. And so I believe that, you know, if if I believe that I'm the most valuable asset now, I'm not saying that pompously, I'm just saying no brag, just fact, I believe that I'm good at what I do. um, I think that, you know, my value system is rich and very sturdy. So then if I believe that, then I have to be willing to differentially invest in the most valuable asset on this earth. And it's me.
0: Okay. questions. yeah. You've used the term differential investing and differentially investing a few times. Define
1: that. It means being able to invest in yourself, uh, not just looking at what the cost is uh, monetarily, but what the what the what the result is going to be for the next level of growth for you. See, yeah. I I don't look at everything with money because if I looked at everything with money, I'd miss my opportunity. I yeah. miss what I call your blue rose moment. And so for me, it, you know, when I hire a PR agent and wait a minute, and wait a minute, who hires a PR agent to get on a bigger stage to speak? I mean, you kind of, you, you actually would go get you a Tell an agent, you know, go get an agent. Give me a note, but I hired a PR, PR, and and so when I hired her, it ended up being that she started booking me on TV and radio. And they were eating me up. And I, okay, because I didn't even know. I was just like, this is so much fun. Yay, yay. <laughs> so I was just literally, you know, going to these interviews. And they were asking me to come back or they were holding me over after break. And you know that don't happen. And some of these, after the fact, I knew that I should have been paying two and $3,000 for these interviews. And I paid $0.00 and they were asking me to stay over. So that's really how TV really happened. Um, TV started to kind of, um, I was being magnetic, they they mm-hmm. they, they they really liked me. Mm-hmm. And so I teased around with um, a TV network here out of Dallas. Uh, one time I did an interview, I said, y'all know y'all want to have a show of me. I was just kidding. I wasn't really serious. Um, but that's exactly what happened. So um, I ended up in the, you know, being on their network for about two years as well. So I you know, that's what happened. I started interviewing and people were like, you're delightful. Your your thought process is so different because it is different. You know, the way I see things and the way I talk about things is uh, it's uniquely different. But that's who I am.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, you're on this network. You're on the network for two years. You've got your own show. At what point did you think to yourself? Because, again, it's not a, a you know, mental leap that most people make. It's like, I want to have my own network. How'd that happen?
1: <laughs> Uh, it was a fluke. So first of all, I, b- I bought my first Roku channel. I have to tell you about that. Cause that was about five years ago. I bought my first Roku channel three days before, um, I had heard God speak to me saying that I was to film, um, Fireside chat professionally. It was on my vision board. So everybody need a vision board. It's important. I had it on my vision board, and but I heard a little voice, you know, film it professionally, and I was like, why wow, it's gonna go on YouTube like everybody else, right? I mean, really, when you think about it, it's like it's gonna go on YouTube like everybody else. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. So I called and got somebody to do it, uh, but three days before they came in to actually film it professionally. Uh, I got offered a Roku channel to buy it and I prayed about it and I bought it. And, um, you know, from there, I went to Comcast Cable from Comcast Cable. I went to, you know, Biz TV out of Arlington from Biz TV in August of 2019. uh, I heard a little voice that said, build the network. And I was like, it's a lot of money. (laughs) Where does money coming from? You know, and at the same time, I was feeling that I should not be a borrower, but I was to be a lender, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna sell my house for this vision. I'm crazy, right? I sold my house for this vision. Um, and then, um, I built the network about a week and a half later after I started building the network, um, I heard a little small voice that said, and I want you to teach people what I taught you. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, that sounds like an incubator. So I, it, that's how we came up with the incubator. Uh, I called my PRH and I said, I just heard a voice. say I need to build a, a, something like an incubator. She said, then let's build it. And so we built it, in, in August of nineteen, uh, we built the network, we built uh, the incubator, and then we know what happened in twenty.
0: I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, all the plans and all the things that we were putting in place in nineteen and going into twenty, we had no idea what was coming. How did no. what did come? The pandemic and all the yeah. interruptions and the pandemonium. How did it, how did that impact your business?
1: Well, um, I think I was in shock like everybody else at the beginning because I have a studio. I have a physical TV studio. So I was like, okay, I can't go in the studio. okay, what's going to happen? And I could be essential, but I didn't want to put small businesses at risk and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I was just being a good steward and staying in. And um, I heard a little voice that said, you know, all the people that said they wanted to be on your network in 2019 when you were giggling like, I don't have a network. (laughs) What are you talking about? Make a list. I made a list. I invited them to a Zoom. It was seven of them. Five of them said yes immediately. Within 30 days, I had 12 small business entrepreneurs that were pivoting their business into becoming a TV producer.
0: And that kind of was, that's that's what I did.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what I did during the pandemic. I developed them uh, as TV uh, producers. I taught them how to posture in the media. I taught them how to have an intro and outro. I taught them everything they needed to know about streaming TV. And um, we even filmed them towards the end of 2020, people start coming in flying in and we filmed them uh, following all COVID, you know, safe Mm -hmm. protocol. And um, their shows were on TV by January, 2022. And um, we it just was, I mean, 2021, excuse me. It was just amazing. So that's what we did. And then from there, it caught on like wildfire. So now, Season two incubator, we're in the ninth month. It started in 21 and I have 11, um, producers that are being developed there. And one of them is in, um, in the Bahamas, and she's a producer with a production company in the Bahamas. And then now we're starting season three of the incubator and we've already got seven um, small business entrepreneurs that's pivoting into being producers. So uh, it's a thing, like get on streaming today. You know, streaming TV is the way to go. That's how people are ingesting. And so what we have found is that it creates uh, another stream of income uh, and revenue that we never thought about as a small business. So I guess I'm a pioneer in this space. So tell me
0: more about the, the incubator. This is where you take business people. Now are they business people that were already media based or totally unrelated to media? You brought them in, they become producers. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure what that entails. (laughs) And they've got this whole new stream of income. Tell me. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, no, everybody is not media. Matter of fact, I don't think anybody is media. Maybe, you know, the the lady in Jamaica um, in the Bahamas that actually is a producer. But uh, that's not my norm. My norm is it's a small business entrepreneur that maybe believes um, that they not maybe they believe that they have a larger message and would like to scale and grow their business globally. And so. Um, those are the folks that come to me. And what we do is we help you nest your business. Because I don't believe in having this and a that. And, a, and it's kind of, you know, all dysfunctional and, and kind of not not cohesive. I don't believe in uncohesiveness. So, part of my, my job is to help them to nest their business uh, into TV production so that it it flows as a part of what you do. And, uh, that's been, you know, our success. It's a 12 month virtual program. Uh, and I'd like to say virtual live program because Mm -hmm. I teach every month, um, the incubator, I teach it myself for two hours because uh, my core belief is if I don't have two hours to give live and I try to make everything automated, um, where will our communication skills and our ability to um, be one with another? I think we'll, we'll lose everything. So I believe that the live is the way to go. Um, so we do it live and then uh, the recording is available and then we do a live one on one once a month. Um, where we talk about their business and how to make it work for them. And then we um, in the media incubator is also a full marketing and advertisement package. So not only are you, you know, getting taught how to be a producer, not only are we creating content for you on TV, and not only are we streaming across every streaming platform known to man or woman duplicatively, uh, but we are also giving you marketing and advertisement so that you're marketing and positioning your digital footprint to be strong in this arena. So, so when you
0: cut them loose at the end of the 12 months, what these new businesses now have, have they got, they, are they still working with you as a channel on Zondra TV? Yeah. Or have they, okay. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we don't believe in just turning you loose. Um, so after you finish after one year, you get a second year, um, that we call, um, you know, a business transition. Because in year two, we need to develop whether or not you're going to continue to be a producer or you're going to be an executive producer and have your own downloadable channel. And so based on which track you're choosing, then we work with you. Uh, 12 months after, you know, you're the incubator once a month, you have a one-on-one where we're talking about how to position stuff for you. So that's how I get to use my coaching skills on TV or with TV, I should say. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really a two-year program. Um, I don't believe in developing one hit wonders. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, all of my people are coming back for season two, um, you know, to do their next season and, um, we're just figuring out how to, to, to monetize and get that money uh, train started for them. It's really important, but we have the infrastructure in place to make it easy for them.
0: Wow. So uh, from everything we've talked about, I can't help but think that you have the plan for the next thing. Where, where do you go from here? What are your, What's on your vision board?
1: Well, let me tell, I, so you mentioned you know, the executive producer, right? So just to give you my mindset and how I think about things, we have already developed the appropriate infrastructure in Zandra TV Network that when our producers are ready to pivot to be an executive producer where they now have their own downloadable channel, it will cost one third of the cost that it would normally cost you in order to get your own channel, but that channel will be powered by Zondra TV network and so uh, own downloadable channel will legitimize and socialize you by putting our content around your channel so you come out the gate with other shows so that it drives people to come see and watch Mm -hmm. um so so that's that's next on the horizon is you know executive producers now and then the other thing is is that we're talking about creating a major radio show so you know, <laughs>
0: okay, why radio? So many people, I mean, they've said for ages, you know, radio is dead. Absolutely not true. I don't mean radio. I mean, I guess I say podcast,
1: podcast oh, and radio. But you mm-hmm. know what? We have the opportunity to strip, uh, you know, the audio out of our shows yeah. and also uh, create a double revenue stream there. So, uh, you know, that's next on the horizon, just using audio only because we have the audio video, it's on TV. Uh, and of course, we want everybody to go to TV to watch because it's much more there. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, you know, having an audio track of some of the interviews and the things that have occurred in the studio is just amazing. So we want to capture that from an audio standpoint, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've seen both in podcasts and in Clubhouse Yeah, and the persistent life of radio that audio is definitely here to stay
1: yeah you know i mean here in dallas we have fishbowl radio i'm giving a shout out to sammy you know i know her and you know it may be the thing to do to get our own little uh you know radio network uh with her that you know it's called zandra something i don't know what it's yeah, gonna, that's be what called. Was gonna say i what? haven't been given the name yet but i think it's gonna be something really uh snazzy
0: so will uh, this will be, be the voice? Huh? You would say
1: there's a little voice. Is, I think yeah. A little voice. So yeah. You know, the, little the voice, voice ain't told me yet, but it, I, I kind of have a clue of where we're going. And then, you know, the next thing is we're developing a nonprofit. And so, um, you know, <laughs> what,
0: what's that about?
1: <laughs> well, because I have a love for small business. And so I had already developed materials, um, and in, in my for-profit lane about helping small business stay in business. But we really want a nonprofit where larger companies are differentially investing in uh, full media packages for uh, small businesses to help them stay in business and get global exposure. Yeah. And so we're going to develop a nonprofit for that, have fundraisers and do uh, the whole nine. So we're in the process of making that happen.
0: So, I have to ask, I mean, what everything that you're describing here today is just so exciting, so imaginative, so creative, so fun. When you five years, just five years ago, got that golden handshake. Yes, you had the foresight, you had the exit strategy. Could you have imagined that starting over midlife, you would have even created a tenth of all this?
1: pinch yourself. No, you know, I didn't imagine it, but, but here's the thing. I know, you know a lot of times we can't imagine it because we don't know what it's going to all look, look like. No, I didn't think I would be on TV. I didn't think I'd own a TV network. I didn't think I would have 35 different producers and different shows. Uh, I didn't think there'd be an incubator. I didn't think I'd be selling commercial slots. I didn't think that I would be interviewing small businesses and telling their story, which highlights their sweet spot leadership and what mm. they've done in their business. I didn't see any of that, but I will say this, but what I did see is the greatness that resided inside of me. And I knew that I had more than what I had poured into a corporation. Yeah. If I poured that much into a corporation, if I just did a quarter of that for myself, that I had nothing but success on my hands. And that's what I believe. I believe I'm the most valuable asset in the resource. I've-
0: The whole time you were saying that, I was thinking it's belief. Belief It's belief. -belief. I believe
1: it. I don't have nobody have to put, I believe that I'm good. Not good. Like, oh, you're the, you know, I don't feel that good. What I'm talking about is. I know that I have a mind to be able to reason and to think and to come up with creative ideas. And I also know you? that I'm silly enough to go after them. Like, you know, yeah. God take care of babies and fools. So, you know, he take care of me, you know, He said she's foolish enough to run on this vision but I wouldn't change one thing. And it's been hard. It's been tough. You know, I've, I've did like this sometimes, like, I'm I going to make payroll, you know, eking in on payroll, uh, eking in on, oh my God, we're, we're busting out of the seams and we need to move again. Do I dare make an offer on, on this, you know, and, and it's like three or $400 less than what they're asking. But see, I'm courageously intentional enough to go. I will do it. So I did. And it, it worked out. And so now we just moved into a new studio with 400 more square feet for $90 more a month. That's the kind of living I believe oh. in. But I will have to tell you, I'm a, I'm a, I am ai tell everybody I'm a woman of faith. I'm on a faith walk. I trust God. And I know that he has my hand and that all of this is working out for my good. So I just keep on creating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. Oh my. So Zandra, the next incubator, the the proper name for the whole, for the program is the.
1: It's called, it's called the TV media incubator.
0: Okay. And you were telling us about people going through the first, second and third iterations. When does the next one start?
1: It starts January 6th. Oh, so
0: it's (laughs) coming up.
1: It's coming up. It's coming up January 6th, but there's still time. You know, you can just always go to be on ZTV.com. And there is an informational that I do once a month. In fact, that informational is tonight, but every first Wednesday uh, of the month at six o'clock PM Central Standard Time, I talk about, you know, incubator. I talk about commercials. I talk about being featured on TV. I talk about those things because I think it's important for a small business to know that you need to invest invest in the most valuable asset. And that is you and your business. Don't slack, you know, like people are like season up right now because it's Q4, it's almost the end of the year and you want to finish strong, but it the same finish strong that you should have are wanting to run hard in Q4, you have to run hard in Q1, two, and three as well. So you don't, you know, seize up in Q4, you actually like put the pedals to the metal and actually start thinking about what 22 is going to look like for you so
0: that's just magic Uh, I'll make sure that I've got all the links to your program to the information website and to your your monthly event where people can get a look at that thank you so much for being here today sharing this story this is just so so inspirational about somebody who's just living this totally different life (laughs) had the foresight and the plan got the handshake and look where she's (laughs) taking it yeah. It's been a pleasure hearing about it, Sandra. Thank you so uh, much.
1: Thank you, September. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, your listeners uh, will absolutely receive something that will change and craft and formulate their life uh, differentially.
0: Wonderful. All Thanks. Right. This amazing conversation is one woman's efforts to use podcast guest appearances to get her very important message out to the world. Whether it's to build her business, her audience, her credibility, or even rebuild her life. These women know that co-creating amazing interview recordings on other people's podcasts that will be promoted and broadcast from all of the major podcast platforms for years to come is a smart way to be building their brand and getting their message out. Whether it's to grow your speaking career, to get more widely known, or to better position yourself as the authority you really are, strategic podcast guesting is a savvy move. We can help you figure out your best strategy and get you rapidly and effectively launched, leveraging this powerful medium. Contact us at september at ofcoursepro.com or book a complimentary consultation call. The links are in the notes of this podcast. Join the ranks of people making podcast guesting really work for them. Let's get you started. She's all that.